The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome on into the batting order. Be a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. I am LJ LaFira. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. And we're back with another week here of baseball. Another week. We got some more overreactions to the early part of the season, as that's really, you know, all we can do so far. But Brandon, how you doing? LJ doing good. Just wrapped up the first full week of the MLB season. Uh, some teams have already played nine games, which is just crazy. LJ, where is the season going? You tell me we're already nine, ten games into this. Come on. Ten, ten games is the most played so far, and it's remarkable. Season, like, really does fly by. Um, like, I mean, I've been so busy with schoolwork and that kind of stuff that it's it's just seemed like, uh, you know, opening day was yesterday. But uh, clearly not, as we are now entering the second full week of the MLB season. Uh a lot to talk about today, and then on Wednesday, we'll be doing our injury updates. Uh, but yeah, LJ, you want to uh, get us started? Yes, of course. Now up to bat, winners and losers of this past week in Major League Baseball. Brandon, go ahead with your first winner. LJ, I'm going to actually go with a player, I think, as my first winner. Um can we talk about Matt Chapman, LJ? Okay. Matt Chapman right now. You know, I there's been a lot of discourse surrounding Matt Chapman really because he was supposed to be this elite, elite player. Uh, at least that's what we thought after 2018 and 2019 in Oakland. Slowed down considerably. Um, and, you know... According to Fangraphs, the war numbers have been really high. That's thanks to his really good uh, defense. But we never saw the the full offense, you know, the whole offensive profile, I guess if that's what you want to call it. We never saw that really convey. He was always a super high strikeout guy uh, who does walk a fair bit amount, but the strikeouts would just weigh him down so much. And to start this season, he has been just – crushing the ball i mean you're talking 475 batting average through 10 games that's 44 plate appearances uh 14 rbis already uh already accumulated one war at 271 weighted runs created plus and part of me is really rooting for this guy because i just feel like with how deep the third base class is in the mlb right now with the likes of Machado and Devers and Jose Ramirez and uh, you know I'm probably Austin Riley. Uh, oh my lord! I mentioned Devers. No, you, you didn't mention the best Arenado. Thank uh, you. Yeah, Arenado. Uh, the fact, Matt, the very fact that Nolan Arenado can be a um, forgotten piece of any lineup shows how it's. How good this group is. Yes. And look, Matt Matt Chapman seems like he was getting overlooked in those conversations, which rightfully so. He had not been playing nearly as well <clears throat> as those players had. But I would really like to see him make 
a comeback offensively because we know what he's going to bring you on the defensive side of the ball. But offensively, I would really like to see him, you know, obviously these these uh, numbers are not sustainable right now. It's such a small sample size, but cut down on the strikeouts, get your batting average up a little, you know, try to work, excuse me, try to work more walks because the value that Toronto could have uh, in Matt Chapman to add to all the other great pieces they have uh, when it comes to their hitters uh, could be tremendous. And just a guy that has been tearing it up. I feel like every time I go on Instagram, I'm seeing an MLB uh, post about Matt Chapman and just and just him crushing the ball this year. Certainly. I think my first or my only my winner this week is going to be the easy one, the one I assumed Brandon would take. And so I was kind of struggling to figure out who I was going next. It's time to start having the conversation. If we're talking about Matt Chapman being back, we need to talk about whether or not this Tampa Bay Rays team is the best team of all time or could be the best team of all time. Nine and oh, the only actively run, the best run differential through nine games of any actively running organization. Um, who was it? Was it? It was like a Carolina team or something crazy from like the 1880s that had the only better run differential through the first nine games than Tampa Bay has. And overall, I'm not going to talk about necessarily those statistics because they can be very much skewed by the team I'm intending to take as my loser. I want to just generally talk about the form and talk about the eye test because it's been a lot of dominant performances from a lot of places in this team. You look at this rotation, this rotation has been firing on all cylinders. And frankly, I feel like they still probably have more in the tank. I mean, we're talking about a team that's without Shane Boz, without Tyler Glass now, who both could come in and easily, I mean, Josh Fleming, it's now or never with this guy to be able to uh, prove he should be talked about in this rotation, even as an opener, because you've got those guys coming back. The rest of them are firing on all cylinders Based on the way that they've played, I don't see that necessarily slowing down yet, Brandon. Correct me if you disagree. And then this offense is just so young that we shouldn't have expected anything from them. Like, we shouldn't expect immediately because we don't know the names that they're going to suck or that they didn't do anything on offense, so it's going to be bad. You're hopefully getting a full year healthy of Wander Franco, and the start of this season, him actually being healthy again, has been massive. So – that's a massive, you know, winner all around. Just having him in the middle of this lineup makes a world of difference for a young team with a lot of guys that look like they might be primed for breakout seasons. Yeah, really everyone in the in their lineup is producing right now. Uh, I think it is fair to bring up just the fact that they have played nobody. I mean, they, they have played the bottom of the barrel. If we were doing power rankings – it's a strong possibility that the three teams they've played, those being Detroit, Washington, and Cincinnati, um, right? Cincinnati, yeah. Uh, there's a good chance that those are three of my bottom five teams. Um, Washington might be dead last between, between them and Oakland for me right now. But look, I mean, they don't make the schedule. They just play who's who's there. Um, we'll definitely like them to see to like to see them get a little 
I guess pressured is the thing. And you, and you know, you look forward at their schedule and it's, it really doesn't get harder. I'm sorry. They're playing Boston today who has, shown, who has shown zero semblance of a pitching staff. So that's could be big trouble. Um, and then you're at Toronto who has also shown very little semblance of a pitching staff, but they can hit at least. And then you get to play Cincinnati. And I'm sorry, it was the A's, not the yes. Reds that they played. They play at Cincinnati after Boston and Toronto. Um, so next week or so, week and a half, it, it doesn't, it, I mean, Toronto is the best team that they'll play. So that'll be a little challenge. And it's in, uh, in Toronto. So, I mean, look, I'm not trying to discredit them at all. I mean, the, the pitching has been unreal. Drew, Drew Rasmussen, uh, again, looked excellent. You now have two starters, LJ, and that being Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen, who have both pitched 13 scoreless innings and both only allowed three hits. All right, Brandon, really quick, give out your loser. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Uh, really bad start. You know, it's they lost that game on opening day to Toronto, where it was. It just really seemed like they should have won it. They had Ryan Helsley in the game to complete the save. They end up winning the uh, games two and three of that series versus Toronto, but then they go and get swept by the Braves at home. And then you go and you lose two out of three to Milwaukee, where your offense is only able to manage seven runs across three games. I mean, that's not going to cut it. Now you've got a stretch at Colorado, home against Pittsburgh, and then home against the Diamondbacks, who have started off pretty well. Really going to be keeping my eyes on St. Louis to see if they can try and turn it around. But I'm getting very high. You know, this was kind of like the Braves at the start of last year, where it was first month of the season first 20 days it was things were not looking up uh for them and with the amount of talent on this cardinals roster uh i really do expect them to uh, to pick it up uh this next coming week all right this is the point where we're going to disagree brandon talking about your bottom teams i don't know how you can look at this last week and a half of baseball and say the detroit tiger tigers aren't the worst team in the league yeah they're look, pretty it, it, it's more than pretty bad. This is really freaking bad. You know, we're talking about a team, honestly, 4-0-12-2-5-1 against Tampa that opening weekend. And they they have not – I don't think they've once looked good. The Red Sox made quick work of them. That pitching staff made quick work of this offense. And I, I, I'm struggling to find a redeeming part of this team. Bottom four in runs, bottom two in ERA for starters, bottom three in reliever ERA. There's this has been a tough stretch, and it doesn't look like they're you know going to pass the eye test either. Because as we've said before, these numbers, especially so early, can be deceiving. It's about how well you play. They aren't playing well. They aren't playing good baseball in any way, shape, or form. I don't see this getting better. And if anything, those two losses are just damning on the Houston Astros that they can drop a series in Houston to Detroit. 
it, it's not going to get better for this Tiger squad. But moving on, now up to bat, Brandon, we had quite the interesting no-hitter in baseball. Let's call, go ahead and call it what it is. It's the not-so-no-no as we are jumping to our first minor league segment of the year. Brandon, this was a game, of course, between – I'm trying to make sure I have the right teams here – the Chattanooga Lookouts and the Rocket City Trash Pandas. The Trash Pandas throw a no-hitter in this game but collapse in dramatic fashion in the seventh inning, allowing seven runs to lose seven to five. What were your thoughts on seeing this lineup early? I mean, I I saw like a headline about it, and I was like, oh, that must be fake. Like, how does that happen? Do you have in front of you perhaps how exactly they were able to give up seven runs without I a do, long hit? Actually. Okay, let's um, hear it. And keep in mind – this is where it gets more damning is you need to understand there were two pitchers used in this stretch. Oh so no. Pitcher, pitcher starts the inning. Walk, walk, fly out to the second baseman, but really probably more of a pop out. Walk. Now bases are loaded. Gets the strikeout. We're now He's got two of, outs. LJ's got two outs. We're an out away from a no hitter. Walks in the first run. A fly ball hit deep to center field. The center fielder tracking back on it has it gets under it. It gets through the glove. There must have been a hole somewhere. Somewhere. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Three runs score. It is now five four. The base is clearing fly out error. You you just love that. <clears throat> then they pull the pitcher. Bring in the new reliever. Oh, yeah, it's his fault, you know. It's his fault that he induced yeah. the fly out, yeah. <laughs> the next guy, this is where it gets good. Hit batsman. Hit batsman. Hit batsman. He hit three in a row? Keep him in. All right, maybe he's getting comfortable. <laughs> yeah, he's getting comfortable with hitting people. <laughs> now, at that point, he's also walked in one run. We keep the math going. So now it's 5-5. Five, five. Walks the next guy on four pitches. A wild pitch brings in the sixth run. And then another hit by a pitch gets the second. He hit four batters. He hit four batters and walked another to lose the game before finally getting the the last strikeout needed to end the inning. They lose 7-5. That might be the worst collapse I've ever seen in a baseball game. And we've seen some epic collapses. I was there for Brooks Krisky at Fenway. I, I was there, LJ. I was there. Thank you for making my day. I forgot about that. <laughs> and even and even that does not seem as bad as a dropped fly out, which clears the bases. Um, and then but that, we, but that didn't even lose the game, Brandon. Let's keep in no, mind. Here. Yeah, they were still winning after that. And then you bring in the you know, you bring in the guy from from the bullpen. And he hits the first three batters he faces. The other team must have, I mean, I found the other team. Was it the Trash Pandas who won this game? Uh, or no? It was the Lookouts that won. Ah, uh, okay. Because that, yeah, that's how they, their post game tweet, may we present the formula for winning a game without hits? <laughs> and then just that whole all together um, oh. as an equation. And, or uh, Trash Pandas, huh? And no, it was not comical, but like, 
he was putting the ball in the same spot with those hit by pitches. If you can go watch the video, please do it because it's literally he hit almost all of them either on the front leg around the uh, thigh or the back leg around the knee. Just no, no feel. Well, Elte, this does remind me, um, and it seems like it's it's so forgotten and it's not surprising, but the Reds threw a no-hitter last year and lost, remember? That's right. Hunter Green did the majority of the work. I think he pitched eight the first eight innings, and then they brought in, I want to say Art Warren or someone out of their bullpen. They completed it, but like the one run scored on a fielder's choice or something like that, and the batters were getting on because of walks and errors and hit by pitches, and they 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 lost one to nothing and threw. Yeah, but Brandon, that that was a one nothing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a five run lead and a no hitter. Yeah, it's the biggest greatest spectacle the sport may have ever seen, but we are going to move on here. Something I've been looking forward to for way too long. Brandon, let's get some early season overreactions in because that's now what's up to bat. Do you have anything, any steaming hot takes that you feel need to be made? I'm going to defer to you here first. I would like to hear your steaming hot take first. I'm I'm trying to decide really hard which one to go with here. Oh, he's he has a few lined up. I have a couple. You guys hear this? He's got them lined up, and he's. I'm trying to decide whether I want to piss off Brandon first. How can I annoy Brandon the most? How can I annoy Brandon the most? All right, he's he's made the choice for me by saying that Anthony Volpe needs to be sent down. (laughs) Oh, we love it. This experiment has clearly failed. We're talking about a guy with. Excuse me, I have the wrong report up. Um. Look at this. He can't even pull up his stats. I'm trying to – oh, my gosh, this is a hot mess. I was trying to find his hits. He's got a 143 batting average here. That's not a major leaguer. Okay. Let's be real here. You've got got nine games, not putting anything together at the plate, looking overmatched. I mean, for Pete's sake, Brandon, he's got no no will. If he had the will to win, he would have put that ball out of the park instead of hitting that triple yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, LJ? Kike Hernandez hitting 107. That's not a major league player right there. Uh, how about that? Uh, what I'll say to LJ's uh, thing about Anthony Volpe, no, he's fine. Um, the uh, defense and speed that he brings is already such an upgrade from what IKF was. And now IKF is just outfield only, which like I, I don't hate, I guess. I mean, he's been fine in center field, believe it or not, the few times he's been out there. Um, LJ, I've got one, and it also happens and to I, be. And I, real quick before we jump into that, I do want to just want to say, you know, again, the defense has been great. That was that that's yes. my biggest note on Volpe is you know struggling at the plate with as far as hits go, even though it's not been that that bad. I mean, the eye will come in time in terms of the strikeouts, but he's still getting on base, he's still stealing bases, and providing better defense than they've probably. Since 2020 at shortstop, honestly. 2020 at shortstop. Which was also Glaber. Or no, that was was that the that might have been Didi, actually. Oh yeah. I was gonna say outside outside of Didi, though, that's the best defense that they've gotten at the position in maybe 35 years. Yeah. Um sure. Um now, now I've pissed him off. <laughs> there we go. I mean you're taking when- with 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 Anthony Volpe not playing a lot in AAA either, you kind of figured he'd start off slow hitting. 
LJ, my take also has to do with the Yankees. Uh, Franchi Cordero is just Matt Carpenter Jr., uh, and he's going to be crazy for us. LJ, did you see what he did this weekend versus Baltimore? I mean, he absolutely destroyed their pitching staff, and I was wondering. I, I wanted to look up and see. You know, just how many home runs he, he hit with the Red Sox the last two years. He had nine you don't, you don't over the last two years. And he's already got seven, uh, two for the Yankees in four games. And that he played about 100, 132 games with Boston. He had nine. He's already got two in four games for the Yankees. And, I mean, his game log from game logs from this weekend. Uh April 7th, he's one he was one for one with a home run and three RBIs, and he got walked in the other at bat, and then Aaron Boone pinch hit IKF for him. But we don't need to talk about that. Um, that was a pretty brutal game. And then yesterday, Franchi goes two for four with a home run, two RBIs. I mean, LJ, how Explain how he's not Matt Carpenter. And I'm saying he will be Matt Carpenter down to going like 0 for 8 in the postseason with with, with 8 Ks also. I think he is just going to be the reincarnation of Matt Carpenter. Um, He can't grow that mustache. Yeah. That was that, let's be real here. That was the best part of the Matt Carpenter era. It was. You know, like him Spruce having play. the mustache was just on point. It made me feel bad about myself. Franchi Cordero, LJ just doesn't want to talk about him because he had to watch him play 84 games with the Red Sox last year and was just shaking because of that. <laughs> I just don't want to do it again. I can't bring myself. Um, I, I'm trying to decide how heavy to lay on the sarcasm with my next pick. Okay. Um, do you want a lot of sarcasm or a little sarcasm? I think a lot of sarcasm. Would a lot be. of sarcasm. I think Javi Baez is ready for a breakout year. This We've been waiting, primed. LJ. We've been this waiting. Primed. I mean, we can ignore the negative point two WAR. We can ignore the one twenty one batting average. We can ignore the negative twenty one weighted runs created plus. He has a career low nineteen percent strikeout rate. Career he's, low. He's cut out the strikeouts. Career, Career low. Nineteen percent of his at bats are coming in with strikeouts. Five percent are walks right now. I think he might have turned the corner. Finally, it's only a matter of time, Brandon. LJ, the guy I'm going to talk about. Wait, actually, before you talk about him, on more realistic um, analysis here, is he probably the? Or are we feeling comfortable saying with that how bad we just said this Tigers team is? He's the worst part of it. Is that fair to say? Is I'm going to say yes, just because of his age compared to what his ability is. But like the Miguel Cabrera contract is just, I mean, it's his last year. So like, you know, the, yeah, I was gonna say he's earned, he's earned every penny of it and he's doing what you expect him to. I mean, even like guy, other he doesn't even struggling. start every day anymore. So Eric Haas, a guy like that, you know, 
you he, you're getting kind of what you expect out of him. Baez is just tough to watch, especially at that contract. Yeah, it's he just swings at everything. Um, another guy who LJ I think has turned the corner. You were saying sarcastically, Baez has turned the corner for the best. Has Josh Bell, since getting traded from the Nationals, turned the corner for the worst? He gets traded to San Diego, and, you know, I didn't realize he did have over 200 plate appearances with the Padres. So certainly a meaningful sample. Put up a 74 OPS+. plus. Okay, you know, new uh, – it was a new team. You had to face a lot more NL West pitching down the stretch. I think he did kind of come up big against the Mets um, in the playoffs. But so far since signing with Cleveland this year, LJ, he this, is yes. three for 35 with no home runs, no extra base hits. And a zero OPS plus through the first nine games. Is that bad, LJ? A zero? I mean, it's not good. It's not good, right? A zero OPS plus. Has Josh Bell turned the corner for the worst? I'm going to go ahead with no. Okay. I just, you know, again, he's been, he's been consistent. He... Yes, 2020 was also, you know, an up and down situation, but we see a lot of guys really struggle when moving teams. Mm. Obviously, the strikeout numbers are worrisome this year, but that easily, I mean, if we're going to criticize guys for strikeout numbers, then Julio Rodriguez is not going to be worth that contract, you know? Like just because we're overreacting here, that's that's exactly the same type of overreaction in my eyes as saying that about Julio Rodriguez just because he gets off to such awful starts when it comes to reading the ball each year. Give him a little time to get comfortable with Cleveland. Give him a little time to get comfortable with the season. This is the one I'll pump the brakes on. Okay. And it should be noted, um, while he doesn't have the worst weighted runs created plus in the league, uh, he has the worst war, according to fan graphs, because he's put up negatives on both the base paths and defensively still early though. That's why it's an overreaction because it's, it's nine or 10 games into the season. So I'm going to wrap up with our overreactions here with one more that I don't think actually is an overreaction just to settle back into proper baseball content here. It's time for the Marcelo Zuna era, the Ozuna from the Braves era to end. Ozuna from the Braves. Here in the beginning of the season, played seven games. He has gone deep twice, striking out a 32% clip, and I'm pretty sure those only, those two home runs might be his only two hits with a .083 batting average. They so are his hit. They are his his only two hits. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't see anything redeeming about this guy being around the team a while ago. Frankly, as soon as he used the team to try to get out of a traffic stop, I thought that's about the time you start cutting ties with him, especially when the fans did not take kindly to it. He's not producing for you. He really didn't produce last year. It feels like it's time, even if you have to eat the money. You've put yourself in a good position where you can afford to eat the money. 
Yes, I do agree. However, I think the reason that they haven't done anything is because they are very short on outfielders right now with money Mike Harris hitting the IL. Uh, you know, when it comes to your outfield, you're rolling out Acuna, of course, Eddie Rosario, and they're starting Sam Hilliard in center field. Off the bench, they have Kevin Pillar, who I was surprised to see make a major league roster. Uh, Eli White, maybe Ari Adrianza gets a, a little run out there. But they have Ozuna penciled in a DH, and I don't really see a better option unless you would put Pilar in center and Sam Hilliard is your DH or something like that. They're just very short on outfielders right now. Maybe once Money Mike comes back, our good buddy Alex Anthopoulos will make the move to eat the – well, I didn't realize Ozuna has an $18 million contract for this year and next year, so it's 36 mil. It's it's a lot of money, LJ. If can, And I know that they would obviously – like. They, they could eat the money, but 36 mil, wouldn't you at least try to get some kind of production out of that than literally nothing? Well, who would take on the contract, realistically? No one. Exactly. And you're not getting production out of this. You're probably losing production by having him in this lineup. I also am going to push back on the lack of depth thing here because, again, you just named, you know, you've got Hillard, you've got Pilar, White, Adrianza, all of these guys are capable of playing out in the outfield. And especially when you're looking at Ozuna, who really is only capable of playing left field in a terrible left field at that at this point in his career. How did he win a gold glove in 2017? I I, 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 it, it makes no sense. His arm must have been just different. I mean, we've seen some bad ones this last, especially last year in terms of gold glovers, but this one, it, it just it makes my head hurt. But all of those guys are way more versatile out there than he is, especially when you consider there's no good reason you can't play Acuna in center. Acuna could slide over to center until Harris gets back, if need be. Point is, you have a lot of op- – I think you have a lot more options than you're realizing out there. Acuna, the one thing I'll say, and then we'll move on, Acuna is also not very good in the field either. We saw that highlighted in the playoffs in that series versus a Philadelphia. Uh, so far this year, he's in the 36th percentile of outs above average. Last year, LJ, Acuna in the 6th percentile of outs above average, but in the 100th percentile of arm strength. So maybe that's why they do like him in a corner outfield spot as your arm does become a little more important, I feel, of uh, versus range when talking about a corner outfield spot. But, yeah, that's certainly – I'm sure that they are talking about maybe doing something with Ozuna because this is how many years going now with just bad production and awesome off-the-field stuff also. You know, it's not, not the greatest. No, and one thing I will say, though, is I, I don't necessarily think, especially for outfielders, those stats are always indicative like of his capability first off right now he can take up space better than ozuna can sure yeah no matter what the other thing i think is important to note is acuna hasn't always been this bad when it comes to 
the offensive numbers. I mean, granted, he was playing left field as a rookie back in 2018, but this still this season, a rather large sample size here, too, 111 games, came up right as soon as that contract got signed, 83rd percentile outs above average. I'm not saying he's the same player he was then, especially now having had injuries and things like that in between, but we've seen this time and time again. We saw it with Soto. We saw it with Harper. These guys, even before they move to right field, where it's a, a little less plays at them, so less opportunities to get hurt and everything, we see these guys taking it easy a lot more than you, I think, people realize, especially these stars, because how many games do you think Bryce Harper missed because he was doing stupid stuff out in left field? Quite a few in his early year, early years with Washington. That's ultimately the lesson a lot of these guys have learned. So if he had to pick up the defense, I have a feeling Ronald Acuna could. But now up to bat, let's end with a little bit of rookie talk here. I believe, was he both of our rookies of the year, Brandon? Uh, Jordan Teddy Walker? Oh, I, I think What's we good? settled on him. I, I, I thought he was the only option. To be or honest. I said my like value pick was Ezekiel Tovar um, for the Rockies. But yeah, Jordan Walker was definitely up there. And off to quite the start, LJ. A hit in his first nine MLB games, giving him a slash line of 353-405-588. Uh, really, really good showing from him so far and now he has tied ted williams for second all time in uh most consecutive games to start your career with a hit age 20 or younger tied ted williams at nine and the record is i think eddie murphy at 12. Um, not Eddie Murphy. Man, that I was gonna say that guy. That guy's able not to Eddie Murphy. Nine, Twelve games straight. <laughs> not Eddie Murphy, the actor. Eddie Murphy, the baseball player, who did really nothing of note in his career. Um, looking at it here, one fourteen OPS plus across eleven seasons. Never got an MVP vote. Never made an All Star game. If I don't even know if they had the All Star game back then, but. So basically what you're telling me is this means absolutely nothing. Essentially, Jordan Walker, look. Theodore Walker now. Theodore Walker, yeah. Jordan Theodore Williams. He tied Walker. Theodore Williams. um, That's the record that that matters right there. But, LJ, you know, speaking of the Cardinals, when I mentioned them as my loser, I, I, I missed something that I wanted to talk about, and that was, They've won two or three games. They're three and six, right? But they're hitting. I, I don't know how any of this makes sense. And I'm just going to chalk it up to one thing. And I want to see if you agree with me. LJ, team batting average. The Cardinals are first. Team on base percentage. Cardinals are third. Team OPS. Pretty good indicator of offensive success right ops sure. yeah. uh well, i would say it's the second most okay they're sixth in the league home runs they're 14th but that's still top half 
they're still better than more than half the teams. When, Yet, when you're when you're getting on bases the rate they are, you don't necessarily need to be the big power team. Right, exactly. And you are and you're still better than more than half the teams. Somehow, with all of that, they have the 24th most runs scored. So either they are the worst situational hitting team in, in the history of baseball. Or I, I just, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. What, what what do we think, LJ? I think we're out of the overreactions portion of this show. And so at the end of the day, um, we're going to ch- chalk this all up to math. To it, math, yeah. But the question becomes, which math will stop mathing? Will the batting average and on base stop mathing and reflect the runs? Or will the runs reflect the batting average on base i have a feeling as we jump back into the jordan theodore williams walker segment of this i have a feeling that the runs start matching this offense because you look at the type of guys and performances you're getting this is really a lot of what you expect goldschmidt and arenado starting off the season about as well as you would assume they would um wilson Contreras kind of a slow start but at the end of the day it takes some time to adjust, as we said with Josh Bell. Tyler O'Neill could be doing more. I'm not going to necessarily like get up on my soapbox and say this is an absolute shame that shameful that he's not producing, but he's producing fine enough. And of course, Jordan Walker, probably one of the more mature hitters we've seen come straight into the league. I mean, just the way he hits to all field, the way he's able to put pitches where he wants them is really exciting and overall i don't think a lot of those things are going to necessarily change throughout the year so eventually those runs will come this team's going to end up being fine absolutely lj uh they're going to be fine i have no no doubt in my mind um anything else that you have no i think that's about it here ready to wrap yeah we'll be back wednesday Talk about some injuries. Talk about the whole O'Neill Cruz benches clearing incident that happened on Sunday versus the White Sox. And I'm sure much more that LJ and I uh, will end up uh, coming up with. But Certainly until then, a good week. it'll be a good opportunity to talk some baseball. I'm excited. But Brandon and of course, the live stream Thursday night. Very excited for that. All right. Well, we will see you Wednesday. You have a great time here.